When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. The other host, they call me over on the Reddit. I'm, no, I'm pretty sure Chief Executive Guest is the one that really mm. is sticking the most firmly. Mm. It's like... It's, I don't think that's what... I, I think we all agreed those initials in a row, just seg, just C-E-G, those, those, were, those, were, too, those were terrible. It's like gum on the bottom of your shoe, though, man. It's like maybe you don't want it there. Maybe it's a little disgusting, but you know what? It's stuck. It's not there. It is definitely not that. All right. Should we just go ahead and dive right on into uh, this week's corny joke? Uh, if you think you can get all the way through the corny joke, by all means, give it a shot ski there. Okay. So let me ask you this, though. Like the real question, like, did, like does Co-host? it bother you? Does it bother you that I see, what you, I see, I see you, I hear you. Uh, does it bother you if, if I present with the corny joke and then we start talking about something and it's kind of like, hey, we're supposed to start here, but then like through discussion, we end up somewhere else hey, because look, but, you know, this is a conversation, you know, if we, if we meander down different paths, that's just sort of the way it goes. It is sort of the way it goes, isn't yeah. it? Isn't it? Right. And topics. Okay. Actually, no, for real though, okay. but, but on, on the note of topics, because this is like, as we're as we're going through each of these episodes of, of popcorn culture, uh, it, it is, there is like a little bit of that feeling going back to like year one, super Carlin brothers. I think we talked about this last week where it's like, what, what will be like that topic today? And for, for the most part, like we don't really plan exactly where these things are going to go. And I would say that most of the most chunky tangents from every episode are entirely unplanned. For the most part, I would agree with that. Yeah. Like occasionally we'll have a specific thing we want to talk about. Um, but yeah, if, if people are like, Oh boy, I can't wait for them to cover WandaVision on popcorn culture. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's hard to know if we will. It's, it's hard, hard to know, know if we, we will. will. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll circle around to it. Maybe we won't. But okay. So anyway, like what I've said before though, is that in year one, super Carlin brothers made a whole bunch of videos that for the most part, probably largely needed to be like a dialogue. Like, and I think at the time I was so ridiculously uncomfortable on camera that I was really like highly unwilling to almost like do that dialogue where I could like literally just pretend to be the audience asking myself a question and then answer the question. Right. Uh, which very frequently, like now when we're making like our theory videos, we'll do with that exact thing where it's like, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and and yes. then like, you know, we'll, then we'll answer it. So we're like, we're like jumping to what we assume is going to be like the most common, like rebuke. Yeah. Well, basically what happens is while we're writing a theory, you know, we, we will run into the exact problem we end up covering. Correct. It's like, now, okay, this, this seems like it makes sense. This seems like it makes sense. Oh, but wait a minute. Doesn't, isn't this true? And then it's like, mm, but here's why it's not. You sure at a glance it is right, right, right. right. And, well, and the other thing too, is cause I love, I love the idea of like catching people. Cause I've gone back and watched our own videos before. And I've been like, I wonder if we, I wonder if we caught this. And then like literally as I'm like thinking that I'm, that I myself watching a video of myself back, uh, I'm like, oh man, you're walking right into the trap. And then like, I will, I will offer the disclaimer that I'm like, oh wow. Hey, you thought of it then too. Look Whoa. at you go. I, yeah. 
yes, that has happened to me before as well. And I'm like, am I just remembering the script writing process in my head? Like, am I just like going through some backlog file in there? Or am I in the moment having the same concern? Right, right, right. You know? Okay, so I'm kind of glad you like brought it up that particular way because okay. so the thing that I was doing today, I was I was like, okay, we're we're gonna sit down here in a little bit to record the show, uh, and I, I you know like I just want to like find something that could be like a like a fun nugget to work off of because mm. here here recently with my life, I have felt like I have pretty much existed in two key areas. My brain has either been super absorbed with the renovations going on at my house, right, or big name, deal, name of the wind. Mm. And it like, which has been a massive, massive distraction for me. I think my, my productivity has gone is plummeted. It, but if the name of the wind videos end up being very popular on our channel, then I'll be in great shape because it's, it's literally all I want to do. Um, right. But that being said, though, so as I'm going back and I'm like scrolling through my phone, one of the things I thought would be kind of interesting would go back to my my notes, because when we were doing Super Carlin Brothers year one, it was so many videos. And so constantly if like anything just popped to your mind while you were you know cleaning a protein skimmer you know as most people probably were doing in their early 20s right now um you know it was like oh i should write that down real quick so i was i'm like scrolling through my phone and i'm like looking at all of these thoughts that i had put down to be like year one topics where it was like oh really like yeah. you still have the year one topics in your phone they're still on my phone wow yeah. and as i'm like scrolling back through it it's it's the type of thing like we were just saying like with going back and watching like fandom videos that we made and like oh you're walking into that trap like and then and then I don't remember the fact that we actually clarified. This is like me going back and looking at thoughts and being like, this was a different person. Like, yeah, it's like, I don't remember thinking this. And it's like, I can, I almost even feel like I'm like being very critical of myself in the past because I'm like, wow, wow. Like you need, do more research, man. Like your worldview <laughs> is, is it's like, it's, it's not big enough yet, but I think the interesting thing about it is that I know going back to those moments and, and like trying to put myself like back in that position where I was typing that note, I was taking all of the information that I had at my disposal. And so frequently, the, like the little details were extremely related to things that, that I was interacting with personally, like on an, like an everyday basis. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, I don't know if you ever have this issue with yourself, but I think looking back on that version of myself and feeling so critical of it, there's also this like impending fear that I have about everything that I am saying right now during these early episodes of Popcorn Culture, oh. where it's like, what's going to happen if 10 years from now and 41 year old Ben is coming back and listening to ep episode 72 of the pop. And he's like, oh gosh, you know, so little like, like, is this, right. gonna, is this like every decade is just going to keep happening. Like I have to like look back on my old self and be like you thought you knew you really thought you like you thought you knew you thought you thought you were just you were on top of it i think what the, the thing is i think that will always sort of be true like you always look back and think like hmm i wish i'd had a better take back then and that that will probably just always continue to be true the question is whether or not yeah like how well it will age i guess right <laughs> that, that's the thing yeah it's like like i i want to believe that everything i'm saying is just gonna age really well well you hope so you hope so but at the same time i think you have to just hope people are like, well, this is the thing. You can like hope people are forgiving of whatever your ignorance is. But if the internet has taught me anything, it's that people are not. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So that, that I mean, that's like, you know, I, uh, I've always had this like big, strong stance. Like when people like we've gone and like talked at like um, seminars and stuff like that to other like up and coming YouTube type people. 
Um, and one of the big questions people ask are like, do you leave your original videos up or do you take those down? Because like, that's you before you really became you in the most, uh, present day sense. Right. Like what, like when did you step into those shoes and kind of like become who you are today? Uh, and I, my big stance has always been like, no, 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 no. Like you got to leave that early stuff because then, you know, like if people find you and they can go back, they can see how far you've come. They totally can. And this is another reason why like the theme will like, uh, like one of the one of the taglines for this show is like strong opinions about weak things. True. And it's like that. I think maybe the fear of exactly what you're talking about is what has sort of driven me into like like I I think it's pro- my old stuff is probably okay. It's probably cringy because I'm probably not very good on camera and it's not well edited and it's shot on bad equipment. You've always been great. Well, thank you very much for that. But no I like I think me intentionally would be like I know that my uh, opinion on something is not going to be well informed enough to make like a real heavy comment on it. So I will just make heavy comments about things that don't matter, like, you know, how to eat bagels or whether or not narwhals are real or whether it's manly to eat yogurt. You know, those were some, those are some of my top drawer year one topics, by the way. Real quality stuff, real quality stuff. I I think that like, no, it was, it's kind of interesting though, because you're right. And I think that uh, like a lot of the stuff that I, I think that we almost had literally two different channels going. Like, it's not like you and I were so similar in that first year of super Carlin brothers that like that we were creating content that like sort of dovetailed together fit really nicely. Yeah. Cause I, I think that like at that p- point in time in particular, like you're, you're coming I was coming out of college and I think that like being in that like academic environment, I definitely thought that I had a much, much firmer grasp on like big topics than I did. Yeah. You know, and I think it's because like you're going and you're talking to like college professors and you're like, you know, doing um, like analysis, case studies, you know, all, all this type of stuff on like on big companies, on like big things, big current events. Right. And I I think because of that, I felt like I had sort of done enough of like that learning process, like where, where maybe I could start having like big discussions. And so that would, I mean, and I would say this is even pretty true to this day, but like, you know, like if I were to go out to, you know, dinner or lunch or something with a group of friends, it's not uncommon for me to be like, okay, let's, let's talk about this like extremely deep topic. And like, I want to like get everybody's opinion at the table and like, why is it that? And like, you know, all of these things, like, right. I, would you say this is true about me? It is true about you. Is yes. It? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like your strong sure. opinion about weak things is you do not like that. I, it is. It is something. Yeah, I, you're right. But it's this is like probably just an internal thing for me. It's like I don't like having conversations about stuff like that. Well, not not that I don't, but not at like lunch. No, I get <laughs> that. Know? I get that. It's it's very reasonable. Um, and there there is always that question of like, is this a safe place to have these like to ask these questions? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know there is that like I don't know. How, could could you upset somebody? Which is that I would say at my core that is never ever ever my goal. Like I would say that usually I'm trying to like seek understanding of some kind. Um, but I, that's that's been like the big thing that I was like looking back on like a lot of these topics and I'm like oh my gosh. Like I was, I was really, really trying to like grapple hard with these like huge ideas. I, Cause I think probably on like a, a, like a weekly basis, I come back to like the, like, what is the meaning of life? You know, like question. <laughs> and then it's like, maybe, maybe today I'll finally understand it. Like maybe like, you know, which I feel like there's, there's plenty of philosophers out there who probably haven't, haven't quite cracked that nut yet either. Haven't, haven't quite cracked that nut, but I would, I would also say that 
there's a certain amount of like not needing to put too much pressure on your past self. And like, I think a lot of people are in, in general, the whole population would be happier if everyone was sort of under the impression, the accurate impression that whoever you were 10 years ago is like literally a different person. Sure. Like down to like the actual cells in your body, you know, like that it's a whole new version of you sure. exists now. Like I think I saw it phrased um, one time. It might've been on the podcast, hello internet, which has been dormant for over a year now. Ugh. But um, one of the first podcasts I ever listened to. Oh, well, yeah. Great podcast. Great podcast. I so hope they come back someday. But I remember um, Gray, one of the hosts, uh, reminiscing about a very similar topic and how his wife would constantly like they would look back at their wedding photos and say, like, isn't it weird that those two people got married and now we live together? Oh, weird. Right. Like, like, like. So, you know, if you apply that to, you know, me and Beth, it's like, yes, me and Beth got married, you know, um, six years ago and like those two people got married and now me and present day Beth live together, but we are not the same people. Okay. Yeah. I <laughs> you understand know, that. like, I understand that. It's, it's like a, it's like, Hmm, that's nice. It's, it, it's like, it's weird. Cause of course you, you know, you're different from the people you were when you got married, but of course you've lived together the whole time. So you've grown in ways together. Right. So right, probably right. you're much closer in any case, you, but your spikes are similar. So your spikes are similar. Probably they can see more of your spikes. True. As true. it were. Yeah. yeah. But I think, you know, if you want to like, just it's, it's hard to like it. Everyone has those moments where you like, remember some like terrible moment in high school or something that was like really embarrassing for you. And you just have this like wave of shame wash over you. And it's like, I did that. That was a bad call. And it's like, what? But like, but like you can forgive yourself, you know, right, right, like, right. like that was, that was 15, 18 years ago at this point. That was a completely different person. And the fact that you feel bad about it is a good thing. Yes. You know, it's like you have grown in the moment. You didn't know you were going to feel bad about it. But now that you've gone through that present, you was aware that I, you shouldn't do that. I, I have to tell you like so much though, that this is absolutely like I have, I have always been like grateful for the fact that I, that like that in high school, when I was like going through like the dating phase and like all that type of stuff, it was like, I made all of the mistakes there, like right. I parked them <laughs> there, you know? And it's like, I, like, as I've gotten older, it's like, you know what? It's like, I know that at one point in my life, I did this really not good thing or like, this wasn't the best approach to this, or I said this wrong thing right. or, you know, whatever the case may be. And it's like, you know, but, but that's the thing. It's always like, okay, these things happened then. But so there's, there's a couple of, it's, I would say it's a twofold situation though, because on the one hand, I'm like, that is left absolutely there. Like I know that I'm not that type of person. I would never do that type of thing again. I'm so glad that I learned from younger me. Like, yeah. So I guess I'm grateful for past me in this particular sense, but I would say the one thing that hasn't changed, and this is like so unfair to all of the other people involved is that they are all still how I remember them from high school. Oh, right. Like, <laughs> like it's like, because all my experiences with that person stopped then, right. You know, and so like, it's this like, is, they are like locked in time in your brain. Right, right, right. So it's like you are now like unfortunately immortalized as who you were when you were 17. And I get to look back on 17 year old me and see all the progress I've made since then. Right. But like you don't really have that opportunity to go and like talk to those people and be like, how are you different now? Yeah. Where did but you go? Certainly, I'm sure you've run into some people since high school who you hadn't seen in, you know, eight years or so sure you know i mean you're and you're absolutely correct i mean there there's there is some of that and then i think um 
like, I remember one, one instance in particular, and again, this is like a smaller scale version of it, but I had a friend in high school who I had not seen until again from graduation until my senior year of high school, where he was visiting my roommate at the time. And we all like went out to dinner. And I think that Again, this is like one of those situations like where it was almost like you're a little bit of a stranger to me now. Like we used to do a lot of stuff together. We were like in the same, you know, homeroom, like all this type of stuff. But right. like, like I don't really have any experiences with you for four years. And like at that point in your life, it feels like that's forever. Right. And, for sure. Um, I think what was really, really odd to me was how similar this particular person was to exactly how I remembered them. Right. And that was almost like a little bit of like a flip end of this. Mm-hmm. where It was like, wow. Okay. Okay. Like not much has changed. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Which I mean, I'm sure it has since then. Uh, I I think that he's, he's gone on to do pretty big things. So, well, here's, here's the, here's a good question maybe to ask yourself. I wonder then like, is there anyone who you can remember that like wronged you in, in your formative years back in high school or middle school who, if you ran into today, you would still be mad at like, as if like, I cannot like, you know, is, does that exist? Or like, if you saw, if you could think of someone who like, wronged you and you saw them today would you just be like hey man what's up like it's been so long or would you be like i don't like this person i feel like my head's on fire oh no I feel like my head's on fire. oh no yes like a like a bit okay so we we were talking about hello internet before another one of the podcasts i've actually spent a lot of time listening to is heavyweights which oh, is yeah. uh, a podcast where a guy helps people go and like kind of not like, just a guy been a guy named jonathan okay oh, yeah there you yeah, go hey, great well, name great name yeah great, powerful podcasting name exactly makes a great guest anytime great if you need a good guest for a podcast anyway so jonathan over at heavyweights does this thing where he basically helps like reconcile uh these type of like long-term situations i i is this a fair way to describe the premise of the show that is a good way i think um in yeah yes that is a good way to describe it like someone did something to you a long time ago it has stuck with you and changed your life and affected you every day since then and maybe they're completely unaware of it and he helps you confront them he'll track them down for you yeah it's like unfinished business unfinished it's like unfinished business but probably only on your end <laughs> probably maybe yeah. probably maybe so that i was uh I, I was chatting with one of my friends about this the other day and we were we were going back and forth about this very topic of like unfinished business and as i was listening to heavyweights back in the day i think it was like a big long road trip and i listened to you know i had like binged it i had like 10 episodes in a row or something uh and the whole time i was like man there is there is that one that like one piece of unfinished business that like i would i would so like there's like a huge part of me that would love to think that i would like right into heavyweights and be like hi my name is ben carlin and i have this thing and i need to figure out how to resolve it but then there's the other part of me that is like what if it is unresolvable what like like what would happen if like i were to like reach out to this person and it was like hey like i know this was a really long time ago i'd, I'd love to like you know clear the air on on this whole particular situation mm-hmm. like can we do that like is that okay you know like, let's go let's go have lunch or we'll have a beer or something it'll be great and they're like it's even talking about it right now i'm like getting like anxiety about it yeah you know it's like one of the i'm like i don't know what like is it is it carp girl it you know what you know what i feel like you could write into heavyweights and be like look there was this there was this situation and this girl fell into a a pile of carp like so many (laughs) carp people you can't you wouldn't think of things underwater being in a pile especially when they're not on the sea floor but this was a pile of carp at the surface a pile of carp indeed they were on the surface and i don't know her name and she was like i had such a 
I had a crush on her. I pushed her. What? I, I did not push her. <laughs> did, I did not push did you, her. Ben? Goodness gracious, if Carp Girl is listening and she thinks that I pushed her, <laughs> then this is gonna be not good. Maybe maybe I, you should tell maybe you should tell heavyweight so that you did and you're like, I just I feel so mad because if I fell into a pile of carp <laughs> I need to apologize that I don't know how and it affects me every day. Every day. Okay. So I would say, I would say that carp girl is a firm second. Okay. Uh, like on do, my, you, do you want to share your situation? No, I don't want no, to. Okay, okay. Not, not even one bit. Not even one bit. Although I, I, I would be willing to bet that if this person was listening, which I would not expect to be the case at all, but I would, be, I would be willing to bet that if this person was listening, they would know exactly who they are and they would know the exact situation that is unresolved. Am I aware of the situation? I, I'm sure you are. Okay. I'm Sure gonna, I'll ask yeah. you off air, off air, off air, perhaps yeah, yeah, about yeah. your unresolved thing that haunts you. I would like to think that I don't, I'm not holding too many grudges. I try not to hold grudges as best I can. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's very, I mean, sometimes it can be hard, but I think, I mean, the, the best thing I've ever heard about holding a grudge is that holding a grudge is like, uh, drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Oh, wow. Right. That's pretty good. It's That's just pretty like, good. yeah, it's like that. It is doing no good. It is doing you no good. We need to add J drops like a fantastic thought bomb uh, onto the bingo card. There we go. Thought bombs. Thought bombs. Because that was bombs. that was a really good thought bomb. Oh, thank I, you. I do appreciate that. Thank you. Um, no, it, it's very interesting actually. Because yeah, I've I've uh, th- there was a grudge. Like I think I've told this story on the pop before. But uh, when I was a, a a kid, I was in the speech contest. Yeah. That like sort of went awry, and you know I had like put all this planning into it, and I got up on stage, and they like read the results back. Backwards, so like they gave me the first place black, and then I went back to the table, and then I had to go back up in front of a group mm-hmm. of people and give it back, and then because you were last, because I actually came in last, yeah. Um, and the, like that was one of those people that for a very, very, very long time, and I would say even like into like since we had started Super Carlin Brothers, I would have had one of those grudges against. Like I remember the guy's name. I do too. I think. Do you really? Because I believe that? he was a counselor at the old 4-H. Yes. yes yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I do remember. Okay. So there you so go. So you're waiting for his heavyweight call to you to be like, look, Ben. I'm so sorry about that. To be honest with you, if that did happen, I mean, I, I, what I'm trying to say is I don't hold a grudge against this person anymore because I do understand like how much of an honest mistake it would have been. And if this particular thing that happened to me, I would feel so bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sure that this person felt so bad. Like, sure. they weren't, like this was not someone they made a mistake, you know, like they weren't trying to wrong me in any way. Uh, but you know, it's like one of those moments that I go back to and and even kind of exactly what we do now with like what our dad did growing up or like being a public speaker was like such a big part of who he was in his career. Mm -hmm. This felt to me like such a, like my path like like forked that day. Yeah. You know, and it was kind of like, okay, like I I thought I was going to go down this path and then now I'm not anymore. Now I'm going down this path instead. This path. Um, so I think, I think for a long time, yeah, I had like, I had this like resentment and I was like, if I ever run into this guy, and I'm going to give him the firmest handshake ever because that is about as aggressive as I can get with anything (laughs) is like, is like iron grip handshake. Um, no, not really. I would not do that. But, um, that was, that, that was like always sort of like how I imagined it in my head. Like I would have to bring it up. But if anything now, I think that if I ran to this person, so if you're, if, if this person is sitting out there, unexpectedly listening let me tell you that it is okay it is okay that um, you gave ben fourth first place then fourth place first place in then fourth front place. of a large crowd and and really it wasn't even fourth place i think it was more like 15th place but they actually they brought me a fourth place plaque but i am pretty sure that that plaque was like a we screwed up here it is like i don't think i actually came in fourth place well, wasn't there only four people 
No, I think there was more than four people. Oh, I've been misunderstanding this yeah. uh, story. It was it was one of those things that I remember when they brought me the plaque and it was like, hey, fourth place. And I remember thinking like, oh, okay, I was like right there in it. And then like the longer I spent thinking about it and mm. what it meant for the fact that they had read the results backwards, it was like, oh. The thing that has actually never made sense to me is they obviously they you know they they called third place second place and then they you know first place came last uh or in this case quite literally see what right. i did there see what yeah. their first place came last because yeah. that was me first place last yes yeah. okay okay all, all jokes better when explained um but they didn't they didn't correct the second and third place so i don't oh, really know i never understood like what happened there or if they were like okay we gotta we gotta make sure first place gets this because it's like it's pretty because otherwise they're getting nothing because otherwise they're getting nothing but it was like i don't know what to do about those other people so i I have no idea if that was something that was like resolved otherwise anyway not the point uh it's fine it's fine you out there if you're listening don't worry about it okay so going back to my my notes from year one though uh i was i was digging through and i thought this, this was something that i wrote down and i have no additional context to it whatever okay let's was, hear it what's your is, year one video idea that maybe got made and maybe didn't i don't even think it did get made it, okay it, but it just says however rare the highest percentage of let me try again. However rare, the highest percentage of people that can levitate are middle children. However rare. The, this is the most Ben Carlin sentence I've ever heard. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> However rare. It's like, it's like not, not many people can, but those who can are middle children. Okay. <laughs> why would, why would they need to be, why is anyone levitating I, I, is the question. I don't really have any idea. However I I, rare, the highest percentage of people who can levitate are middle children. So in this in this scenario, many people can levitate, but it's a rare gift. But amongst those who can, the highest percentage, the the most of them are middle children. I, I think what it would say over fifty one percent. Yeah, a plur- no, not a plurality. A majority. A majority. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. You have to constantly school me in that what those words mean. Um, no, I think that this is more. Yeah, like very, very, very few people can <clears throat> levitate. But those who can. That's true. Yes. Right, yeah, exactly. So, but like literally even like the note uh, in my phone underneath it, it just says no additional text. So it's like, it, like, you know, that was me. It was, it was the thing telling me there's nothing else below this. <laughs> like your phone's been thinking about it for years and it's like, I was looking for what this meant. There is no additional text about Okay. One day you'll know my pain. Here's my thing though. Here's my, here's my strong opinion about weak things is that birth order makes a difference. Oh, like yeah, absolutely it is, makes a difference this is okay so i i remember i had never even heard of middle child syndrome until i was i was like a professional adult i was i was doing like an aquarium job and i remember saying something to one of the people that was there and they're like wow do you have middle child syndrome and i was like what's that and i was like i am a middle child though so you're, <laughs> like, you're not like, far off like, now wait a minute yeah, but like this was this was like forever one of those things. I was so convinced it was like this, like this is affecting my life right now. Like the fact that I was second, you know, like even mm-hmm. though I look older, everybody knows it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you do look old. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, it's like this, this does matter. And I would say like the older that I've gotten and now the more that I have like the perspective of watching like new children be born. I'm like, oh my gosh, it matters. It is such a thing. Yeah, this is real. And so I don't know. I think it's just curious. It's like, it'd be so interesting to see, like, if, if our lives were switched, how different would it be? Ooh, I imagine quite different. Quite different. I imagine. I imagine so. But I, I definitely think birth order matters, or it, it does affect you in some way, of course, because your your parents cannot help but, you know, treat each situation that comes their way as it's happening. 
and whatever happens with the the oldest kid, it typically happens to them first. And the parents, your your parents have no idea how to handle it. Yeah, you know, and, and it that, and that is what I now understand yeah. like so much more clearly is like you know that first day of elementary school, like the first time you were ever sending a kid to school. That is a huge day for you as like your own human, right? Like, like you as the parent, you like you as a kid are very very bad at imagining how things are for your parents. It's yes. hard to imagine. I think for most children that their parents existed before they did. True. You true, know, true, true. Like yes. you came into the world and parents existed. Right. Like the world did not like there was no point in time where your parents existed and you did not. But it's just, of course there was. It's just like how the teachers live at the school. Exactly. Like, like that's where you see them. That's where they are all the time. They're there. Right. I get here in the morning. You're already here. When I leave in the afternoon, you're still here. Yeah. So this is where you are. This is where you are. This is what you do. This is your purpose of the world. <laughs> in between all the gaps. But no. So I think that's what I fully get now is like. Yeah, it's like that understanding of like for for you as a person, like mm-hmm. like Jonathan Carlin, like as you are now like old enough, like in, in a few years now to like send someone to elementary school, like that'll be a big day, f- not only for Luke, but for you as well. Yeah. And and Beth. And so I, I think that like there probably is something to be said. Yeah. There is like, oh, now I get it. I, I can see how it happens. People are human. Yeah. Are human. But I, I mean, and of course, it, it works out nice in different ways ways though because like you know if you're sending your eldest child off to do something you the parents maybe are not uh as prepared for like how to best handle the situation True. so like i being the eldest would have received like the front end of not knowing what to do but by the time you did it mom and dad would have had like more experience in that situation it would have been like okay we got the okay routine we got down. the routine down i know what to do we got it we, we got, got it, it. Yeah, yeah yeah you that's know true. that's true yeah that's a good point that's a good point so and, and that's probably really what leads to most of these middle children being able to levitate is what I'm understanding. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I still have no idea how you got to levitation from this. Me neither. Me yeah. neither. Mm-hmm. Me ne- so I don't, I don't exactly know what, what the, what the eldest tr- kids have the high ground and youngest kids have the low ground, but you guys are just caught in the middle. We're, right. You're yeah, levitating. Yeah. We're there, levitating. Just somewhere in there. Right. right. We're just, we're, we're, we're in the middle. We're like Obi-Wan, like in, in Phantom Menace where he's like hanging from the pipe, but like not when he's hanging from the pipe and not like as he's slashing Darth Maul in half, but that in between zone yeah that's where we are that's that's where middle children exist (laughs) so next time you watch that movie and you're like oh middle children i see it i see it now that's Mm -hmm. where they are yeah Yeah. so in this scenario does that mean in this scenario you think obi-wan was the youngest child is do you think obi-wan has older siblings i don't think he does no he he's obi-wan is a classic oldest child golden boy responsible like Mm -hmm. are you kidding me i think he's an only child though he could be an only child right i mean he spends a long time just entertaining him himself on Tatooine right watching is, Luke grow up that's that's some pretty quality like only he, child he's had stuff. practice right, you know? right right like I know how to play blocks by myself by myself in my hut yeah this is no big deal which is what I like to imagine Obi-Wan Kenobi doing day in day out is, I, I is guess we'll know soon stacking blocks his name is Ben though that is a very middle child well that's what that's what Luke calls him right Mm. Is Luke is Luke the elder? Wait, did twin? you just say did you just say that Ben is a very middle child name? Yeah, is that true? Uh, no, I don't know. I was just I was you're you're a middle child. Your name is Ben, and we're talking about Obi Wan. He goes by Ben. That's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. But yeah, although no. Ben Solo, eldest child, uh, eldest child. So who knows? With with all of the actually, he, even Ben Solo, I think feels more like a middle child. <laughs> <laughs> like he's kind of got that like edgy, like frustrated. Like, I, I think that's that's probably that was mostly me. 
that was you. Yeah, I would, uh-huh. I would say largely edgy. Well, see, here's the thing. You can only children are some are like sort of simultaneously the eldest child and the only child, but I don't think they get eldest child. Like they have they have all the troubles without any of the benefits. Yeah, you well, may, maybe what happens with with only children is that the the parents still have enough time to go and like have their own you know things that they do, mm-hmm. and so that's that's just like yeah, what, the parents can still have a life with just one kid. You know? <laughs> Oh man, it feels like it feels like potentially walking into dangerous territory. Like all only children out there right now are like, hold up. I know. Let, hold let, up. Let's be clear. None of us have any idea what it's like to be an only child. <laughs> Not one bit. And we are completely guessing. We're, we're playing, yeah. Maybe they can levitate too. I'm gonna I, give them. I'm gonna give them that. The only thing I know is that eldest children cannot levitate. Okay. Yeah. That's. I know that for sure. Popcorn culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile, and it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Popcorn Culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading 
or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which, wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But what also oldest children, this was the thing. So I remember that as you entered your high school years, there mm. was sort of this like looking back on it, it, it doesn't feel like it would have been unexpected. But I remember when you brought home the informational flyer to join the cross country team thinking like interesting, like I didn't expect that because like we grew up playing like soccer and basketball and like, you know, I'm not like in any measure competitively like we all like rec league stuff yeah i I don't think that either of us was a standout at any point in time in any of those leagues but maybe you were in basketball you were better at that than me but either way i remember when you coming home you joined the cross country team and i think that like that sort of did seal the fates for me a little bit where it was just sort of like as far as i was concerned like that's that is like the path like so like as i got older it was kind of like okay yeah like i'm gonna join the cross country team Mm -hmm. And so I did. And uh, the the thing I was reflecting on over the weekend is that maybe I didn't ever like running. Oh, that's interesting. Have you ever had this? Like, have you ever thought about this? Because <clears throat> since uh, the real reason that I, I ultimately realized that I think at some point was I started rock climbing and I realized how badly and how often all I was doing was thinking about rock climbing. Yeah. And it was like really the only days that I was not going was because my arms were so sore that if I didn't let them recover, then I was going to be useless anyway and potentially set myself up for injury. So the one thing I absolutely know is that when we were running, I was not like, I cannot wait to get back out there like to do this again. You were not feeling that way. I was not feeling that way. You were not feeling that way. I think, I think maybe what we're running into here is very much like we've talked about before is the research paper situation. Yeah. We're like, in school, when you're going to cross country practice, it's a little bit like you're like a, you know, like if you're because you can only do cross country once you get to high school, at least here. You know, right. you could have done maybe track and field or something in middle school, but we didn't have a cross country team. We didn't have a cross country team for middle school. I don't think most places do, but if you do, good for you. Run fast. But uh, like you can do soccer and basketball and you do those things because they're fun. It's more like a real like team sport game. Not that cross country is not a team sport, but there's not like a ball. There's not like, you know, no, you I can't you. really help your teammates on the on the race course as the same way you can help your teammates in a basketball game. Right. Yeah. You're, you know? you're out there together, but there's not a whole lot you can do to help your top athlete run even faster right. from behind. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a. Uh, you know, you sign up for it, but the chances are like most, most running is, hasn't, you haven't done a lot of running for fun to that point. True. You know, it's a little bit like, there was always this great, uh, mantra though, which I still love. 
that um, cross-country runners would uh, get to carry around with them. Uh, I think a lot of uh, schools have t-shirts that say this, but it's like our like uh, our practice is your punishment. Right. You remember those? Right. Because if you're you're on the football team and you're like acting up, they're like run laps. And it's like, oh, that's your punishment. (laughs) You show up across country and they're like run laps. That's the whole thing. That's 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 the whole thing. That's what we do here. This is your punishment. We signed up for it. Boom. Boom. But I think you're right. So um, like it, it feels like it's hard to be something that you're just doing straight up for enjoyment because someone's always telling you how to do it and what to do. And there's like expectations that like you have a coach and stuff like um, in the same way that, you know, like now we write a bunch of research papers, uh, what feels like research papers. We don't have like tons of like notations and citations and things like that. And we should totally you know, work on work. We cited. probably should. We should probably have greater yeah, work cited sheets for whatever. <laughs> but um, you know, now we do it and it's like fun to research stuff and like learn things and write them down and share them. And like, that's what we do. Right. But in high school, when you're being like forced to read books, you don't care about that you think are boring or research things you think are boring. And the only reason you're doing it is because someone's making you do it. It's like, of course this is boring and terrible and like pulling teeth. But on the flip side, like my wife, Beth, like her entire life, she never did any running or anything. She never did like track or anything. Well, I think she did. I think she did field in seventh grade. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. As it were, maybe eighth grade, but this was shot put never, never did any sort of like team sports athletics or anything. But then as adults, she like joined this running group and she started doing it and she like loves it. You know, she is like, I, I, you know, I love getting out there. just love running. And it was like amazing to, to like watch um, someone who had never done it before, like discover it on their own and like really embrace it and get a ton of joy out of it. And in like a non-competitive coach driven way. Yes. And, and I, yeah, I, I remember even witnessing this happen as well. And like even seeing sort of like the transformation that it had, for your wife, Beth, where it seemed like she like she just even had a lot more confidence with herself as she was doing yeah. all, all of this like new activity and stuff. Um, and, and that's exactly it. So the the interesting thing and again, sort of like there's there's again this idea of almost like me following you, I feel like as I segue into uh-huh. the, the next portion of this conversation. But this past weekend, we had the uh, the Blue Ridge Marathon, right. which is hosted in our like local you know area where we live. And it is regarded as the like. America's rough, uh, America's toughest marathon road Road marathon. marathon. Yeah. Yeah. So basically it's like you go over like three gigantic mountains through the course of it. So it actually brings people from like all over the country because there's like a considerable amount of clout associated with having finished this particular race. Yeah, just finishing it. Just happens to be where we are. Um, And as a result, or I guess through... I don't know, our connections with it. Our dad actually helped start the race at one point in time. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't just happen to be where we are. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yes. (laughs) Um, But so he, our dad has always been super involved with it. And so one of the big things that he does is like the finishing announcements. Like as people are like coming through, you have like a chip on your shoe that pops up on a computer and that computer kind of gives you like the information about the person. Like this is, you know. Yeah, where they're from, how old they are, what their finishing time is, what part of the race they were in. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So all this information. And it's it's this like announcement thing where you, where you're supposed to be like very like, you know, kind of uh, I always think about like Space Jam, like as everybody was coming out and it's like, you know, you've got like the little guy up in the booth and he's like the Tune Squad. Yeah. And they're like using like that really like nice, boomy, big, echoey, booming. Like, exciting voice. Like, yes, because people are finishing like a really tough thing. Like you're supposed to be like stuck 
stoked for him. Right. Um, and so in the past, dad has asked us to help him do these finishing announcements because there are thousands of people and there is no doubt about it. Like anyone's voice would run out, especially when you're. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, if you're going to announce every single person who crosses the line, then you're going to be like being in this like excited booming voice for like six hours yes because there's there's like staggered starts there's not just the marathon and the half marathon there's the 10k and the kids fun run and the people who are doing the double marathon and you know it's it's all day it's all day it's all day so it's a lot of stuff and so we we've gone and helped him announce before and it's like it's one of these things that i just don't think is like in my wheelhouse or i've never thought that it was in my wheelhouse and i was always like it gives me uh, you know, again, like just like this real severe anxiety. Like I, like I know the marathon's coming up and it's almost like I need to just like go out and run these things. So I don't have to do the announcing because like, <laughs> I, like I just get so <laughs> nervous about it mm-hmm. and it like, you know, it weighs on me and I'm not sure why, like, cause you know, with what we do, like, you know, we're, we're typically talking to, uh, you know, lots of people out there in the world, but I don't know, maybe it's because our local area is like so small and like the ability to recognize that it's my voice or something that, I feel like extra exposed or something. It's mm-hmm. like having to like go back to like your high school self or something. It's like all those people are still here and they're here, hear my voice. And so I've never felt good at it. And this past weekend, you and Tyler both had like very good reasons to like not be able to go. And so it was kind of like, well, I guess I'm in it. I guess I'm in it. And it was like, I was, I was super nervous and I got there and you know, like dad's going like, I could hear his voice from like where I parked my car, like a half mile right. away. And he, he is like born to do this. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's also been doing it for like, you know, 30 plus years professionally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there, there's that too. Um, but I, I remember getting out there and I was like, okay, like, you know, like my palms are sweaty and you know, like I went and like, I don't know, just the whole thing is just really anxiety inducing and and nerve wracking. And I remember like stepping into it and there was, there was this odd thing that I felt like happened this past weekend where it was almost like the training wheels came off. Yeah. Like typically what would happen is you and I would both get there because I was hesitant about doing it. You would go first. Mm -hmm. And so on top of my existing nerves, I was then like watching you go and do it and like be good at it. And then like, you know, I'd pick up the microphone and be like, this is Susie talks a lot coming across the finishing line from New York city. I don't think you've ever sounded like that. I think it's pretty much exactly what I sound like. Not, not that's my, no. that's my booming voice. That's your booming Did you not voice. Tell? Could yeah. You, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Calm down over there. Ben. Jeez. Right, right, like, right. I got to take my headphones off. You were so loud. I know. I know. It's a yeah. strong baritone, which mm. is why they're going to ask me to play both. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Name of the wind. Um, so uh, no, but anyway, so I think the the big thing this past weekend was like almost because I was there and didn't have you as my, like, my support system for it, which which at this point, you know, by both being brothers, friends and like business partners, we do so many of our like life's adventures together Yeah, that and frequently I feel like you're in a, a, a position of like maybe being like happier or more excited doing the specific thing. And I'm usually there like, I guess we have to do it. It's an opportunity or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I don't know. I thought that I like, I stepped into it and I was like, Oh, okay. I can do this. I can do like, I'm all right. Right. You know? And it was like, it was like, because I didn't, you know, have like that support system there and I was able to like jump out of the nest on my own. It was like, I could fly. Yeah. I could fly. Right. And, it, and like by the end of it, I was having fun and it was like, I was like, man, I didn't expect this. I was so nervous for it. And now I'm like having a great time. Well, excellent. I'm yeah. glad for you. I know. I know. It was really cool. It was really cool. And by way of being there, the other thing is that 
uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a, I know you have, but people out there, if you've ever been at a finishing shoot for any type of like major race like this, but it is straight up intoxicating. Mm-hmm. Like the, the aura, the excitement from people, the sense of accomplishment that's being like, like delivered in every direction. It is contagious. Oh, I, for sure it is. Like Beth has done a bunch of half marathons and, um, I am typically the uh, stuff holder. Mm. So my job on race day is basically to show up and stand with her like in her, you know, starting uh, wherever she's going to start from. And uh, the moment she's about to start running, take all the stuff, put it in the backpack, hold it, go back to the car, put back whatever needs to be put back and then like chill for the two hours while she's out running. Sure, sure, sure. Or whatever. And then be there ready to hold stuff again. Like I'm stuff guy. You're stuff guy. Stuff guy. You do it so well too. Oh man, there's an art to it. You know what? Dude, you, you think you think that this is just like, okay, you're just, yeah, you're just there along for it. There's no, there's no skill to be had, but let me tell you once we were at, um, the St. Patrick's day half marathon, the rock and roll half marathon in Virginia beach. Okay. And, uh, I was, I was stuff guy. We were there and we were part of this like giant house that had like 30 people in it. Everyone had come from Roanoke. Everyone had run like the same local running store or whatever. And the next morning we're out there and they're like, Oh man, we're about to start the race. We should all like take a selfie. But like, you know what? No one, uh, no one, no one could do it because you know, no one has long enough arms to accommodate 30 people in one picture. Oh, but hold up. Stuff guy had selfie stick in the backpack. You're kidding me. I was ready. You had it. I was ready. Then not only that people needed to like, you needed to write numbers on your arm. No one had a Sharpie. Guess what? Stuff guy had a Sharpie. Stuff guy had a Sharpie. I was on top of it. I had anticipated all these situations. I, am, I was there. I've, I don't know if I've ever been more impressed. Well, there you go. In my life. Stuff guy. Life. I, I feel like <laughs> Beth finished the race today, that day, but who was the real hero? Who was the real hero? Beth. Um, yeah, I agree yeah. with you. <laughs> Great job, Beth. That day, that day in particular was a terrible day to run. It was like, I mean... It was like 34 degrees outside and pouring rain. It was a rough day to be at the beach of all places. Yeah. 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 So while she was running, I went and got breakfast with some other um, people who were not running from the house. That was good. We got pancakes. Some other stuff, guys. Yeah. Other stuff, people. Nice. 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 Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Well, I'm very impressed with you as ever. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) But so like the the big thing that's happening for me now is despite the fact that I have been a significant uh, at points in my life, I would say a, a pretty significant like runner like it's how i would have defined myself yeah. for, for stretches of time mm-hmm. and then having the realization that i was like maybe i don't like running and like you know maybe what i really liked about cross country was like you know the team and the, the te- environment yeah. and you, you get know, to be a part of it you get to be a part of it and like you know they were always like really good people who were always like super determined and you know in order to run cross country it's it's kind of a prereq to have, have yeah, like a like certain if you, kind of drive. If you're going to exist in cross country, you have to have a certain amount of determination to do it because that sentiment from earlier, the like the our practice is your punishment. That's like a very real thing. And cross country practices are no joke. And there's like always, you know, people you suffer with together, you bond with. Yeah. And yep. you do this basically every day. Not that it's like, you know, suffering, but runs are hard. You're starting in August. It's hot. It's 3 p.m. and you're running outside, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. humid. So anyway, though, like with, with all that being said, though, it's it's uh, it was very interesting because I walked away from this weekend and I was like, man, maybe I want to run a marathon. Mm. And I, I've run a half marathon before. Uh, a couple. I've actually run the the Blue Ridge half marathon before, so I yeah. could get out of announcing duty once. Uh, and it was at that point in time, I would say it was the hardest physical endeavor I have ever done in my life. Wow. I was, 
I did not train nearly enough for it. It was extremely hard. Yeah. Um, and yeah, bare, like, you know, I was, I was just glad to get across the finish line. I was like, okay, it's over. It's like, how can you get far enough away from a thing that you can re-enter it without all of your preconceived like, because I would bet that you have not been able to re-enter the sport of running without approaching it like it was cross-country ever. Yes, and that's exactly that's a yeah. really good way to put it. And I don't mm-hmm. think I've been able to frame it in my mind that way, but that is exactly what's happening. It's like, I, it's like I need to think of it in the way that I'm thinking of it. It's like I don't know anything about this sport. Like, right, I, yes. you know, like <laughs> I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to train. I need to get like a book. I need like a, I need someone to like help guide me. I probably need to go and like ask a professional what type of shoes to wear. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the whole nine yards. Like I really need to like just reinvent my entire approach to this and then kind of go from there. This is, this is basically how I recently like re-entered the world of like, um, biking. Like we've been going mountain biking and stuff Yes. recently. And it was like, yes, I know how to ride a bike. And if you put a bike in front of me, I can get on it and ride. And I always had all these like background associations with like failed mountain biking trips. And like, this is just how I am at mountain biking. This is how you're supposed to mountain bike. And this is what's expected of you when you're on a bike. And like, you know, and it was just like, none, none of that needed to be true. It was like, but I had gotten, I'd managed to be like far enough away from it for a long enough amount of time. I was like, I got a new bike. Let me just admit to myself. I don't know anything about it. Sure. And I will just go out there and not pretend like I know what's supposed to be happening and just sort of learn it as we go. And it's been like just a way different experience. Yeah. And you've been totally crushing it. So yeah. Well, we need to get back out there. It's been been a few weeks now. I know it's been a few weeks because (sighs) because man, we had we had an event happen. We did. It it was like it was a thing. But okay, so here recently we've been trying to get into jumps as I like to call it. That's J-O-M-P-S. Mm, jumps. Jumps. Yeah. So like, you know, we take our mountain bikes and we go off jumps. Off jumps. Yeah. 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 And so I, I wouldn't exactly say that we're like particularly good at jumps, to be honest with you. Well, it's so, not. Yeah. It, like we are, we are like distance riders, you know, like we can go out and we can like ride like a, a reasonably long trail, but like, I don't know that we're the, the absolute best at like looking cool. Well, I would say this is that we are at a particular age in life where being people who go off jumps and do like tricks is not really what I'm interested. It's not really what I'm trying to get out of my mountain biking experience. Sure. 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 No, I understand that. However, even if you're just someone who's going out and doing just like long rides and trails and going uphills and downhill, like more cross country style mountain biking. Yeah. Like it is inevitable that you will come across situations where you, you might need to be airborne, like not in a, like I'm going off a giant half pipe at the X games sort of way. Sure. But there are certainly times where there is a, you are going with speed into a jump, a jump that well said, you know, where you, you could slow down and try and like ride off the other side, which might actually be the harder way to do it. Some sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it's, it's like kind of like trail design itself. It's like yeah. the intent is to go off of it and to leave the ground with your two wheels and then return to the ground. Right. And in some cases, like the way that they've built it, it's such that like if you were to ride up and then wheel down and you had like too much speed, there'd be the, the potential to go over handlebars. Right. Which is, which <clears throat> is a relevant topic for what happened recently right uh which had a multi-fold situation so uh we we have been kind of getting into this we've like there's a couple of like small places here locally where we can go and like you and i and our, our riding buddies like spent a couple of weekends just going off jumps and like practicing on like what is effectively like a quarter mile long strip that 
it's it's basically there for this exact thing. It's to practice. Mm-hmm. So you go and you can just like run circuits on it all day and like really like put some emphasis on it. Uh, but in our area, mountain biking is like a particularly like big tourist pool. Like it's to come yeah. here to come ride would be like it might be the entire reason you're coming to our area. Right. Um, and so with that, there's been a lot of development and there's been a, like a lot of trail building. So we go out to this particular place where it's it's like what we've been practicing on, which is like our little quarter mile strip, except it's like scaled up times like 30. So it's like it's just it's bigger, longer, more jumps, more space, the whole nine. So we get out there and there's like a little like area where you can like scoot around, like go off a couple of like smaller <coughs> jumps and try some things. And like while we're there, it's almost exactly like what you were saying, where it's almost like we've gotten like a little bit too old where like we're a little too aware of the safety element of it. Right. So we're out there and we're like, you know, going off these jumps, we're getting like three inches of air. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, whoa. And you know, like of course all of us are, uh, you know, we're, we're at a stage in our life where we, we were able to buy reasonably nice bicycles like so they're they're not like top end but they're they're good uh but while we're there these like kids roll up who are like 10 11 years old and they're like on bikes that are like Mm -hmm. completely mismatched like you know they're 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 not kids you know these kids and they're going off the exact same jumps and getting like six feet of air right and i'm like Whoa. Like what? And so like, you know, we're, we're like running laps, running laps while they like run over to the kids. <laughs> like, How long have you guys been riding? And they're like, oh, like three months. And I'm like, oh. what? Okay. No, mm. say it isn't so. So anyway, we're extremely humbled <laughs> in this particular situation with our max three inches of air. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we're going over like and in, in going past the, the the skills park is what they call it into the actual like terrain for the ride, which we were we were riding the advanced loop. Not to say we were doing anything impressive, but we're riding the advanced loop. And uh, we're, we're kind of like, you know, we're going down, we're going down. We're like getting the hang of it. You know, like nobody like everybody's doing great, honestly. Like, yeah. Considering we've never been here before we've never done this before you know all is going well and uh like i think for me in particular i was like i think i'm getting this i'm getting it figured out i know how to hit these things so we're it's like the last jump of the day the sun is going down the mosquitoes are coming out we're like okay we're like we we gotta wrap this up we gotta get to our cars you know all this thing and uh so the guy who's the best in our group's name is david and so he goes down and he's like i'm gonna film you guys like so really like send it yeah full send full send uh you know like and and i I say that like he was just being very encouraging and like you know i'm gonna gonna have the camera out so like whatever um and so like we go through and it's the last run of the day and he's filming on the last jump and so i go across and you know i get my three inches of air then like my friend steven goes across and he gets his three inches of air and then our good buddy mike member of the gma been on the pop been on the pop been on the pop he comes up and he, he he like the approach just ends up being wrong and he effectively kind of like comes up on the jump, the front tire hits. And if you can imagine it's a, it's a table. Right. So there's like a flat top and then like two ramps on either side. So like one to sort of like get the air and then one is like a, a like an air quotes landing strip. Yeah. And the middle is just like a flat plane between the two ramps. Exactly. So it's not like you go off the ramp and then you would like ditch into the into the center. If you don't make it, you'll just hit the, the tabletop. You'll just hit the tabletop. So yeah. And, and the idea there is is sort of like safety in mind because it's like if, if you don't, you know, go for it, then you can still roll over it and just go down and you'll be, you'll be fine as long as you take it slowly enough or whatever. But basically what happened to Mike was he came up, came down on his front wheel, right? Like, you know, about like a a foot away from that down landing strip zone goes over his handlebars and just like falls through space for like, 
15 feet. Right. It was the, and of course, David was filming. So we uh, have it on camera. We have it on camera. I was not there that day. And I remember because I, I had to get like my um, well, because I have kids. That's why I wasn't there that day. <laughs> sure. You guys went after work. And if I was like, hey, Beth. Yeah, I go do how this? about after work instead of coming home and relieving you I go do bicycle jumps <laughs> do jumps as it were do jumps yeah yeah that wouldn't go over so well but I remember uh you guys uh had to drop me I we were um getting some getting a roof rack installed on our minivan because we're so cool oh yeah um and you had to drop me off at the the dealership so i could pick up my car and you and steven were talking like oh is mike even coming like i know uh, it sounded like he he wanted to, but he'd already made plans. And then it was like, no, nah, I don't think he's going to make it. And then like right before I got out, you're like, oh, he changed his plans. It was like, not only was it the last jump on the last run of the day. And the but last it was the guy. La- and then yeah. he was the last person in line. But it was also like a last second decision to even be able to make it. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, I, I really went out of my way to be in this position and yeah and yeah so basically like i i come off of it and i would say it was probably and again three inches of air but like you know it was probably like my best like feeling run of the day so like i remember getting to the end like doing like my skid stop like throwing my foot down turn oh, around yeah and to like steven's behind me and he's already off his bike yeah. and i'm like Oh, oh no. no. And like, you know, David from his perch, like with the camera, he's like sprinting and we're all like converging on Mike who landed on his face. Yeah. And it's like, it's like you've seen, I mean, it's like something from like an ESPN highlights reel. Like it's, it's like that. It's not like, yeah, it's that bad. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe we'll, should we, I mean, we, you have the video. We do have the video. We could, maybe we'll post it on the Patreon, but we will put a like viewer discretion. Not like, like I will say right now, like it's not, it's not terrible. Like it's, there's no broken bones. And I will say that he is okay. He is okay. He yeah. is okay. In fact, I would say he's made a miraculously fast recovery for how bad he looked immediately after. Yes, 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 yes. But uh, I, yeah, the video itself isn't graphic, but it is, uh, it, it is a little intense. It is someone hitting their face on the ground. <laughs> right. And that's the thing too. Like, so what, what happened for me is like, you know, you've seen so many of these videos and frequently like, you know, if you're watching like uh like, I don't know, ridiculousness comes to mind with like Rob Dyrdek. I, I can't like, watch that show. Yeah. Yeah. Too I crazy. can't. There is. Okay. There was, it wasn't ridiculousness. It was Tosh point. Oh, but of course these shows are just like, here's viral videos. Right. And but, not common on it. Yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, make jokes about people doing dumb things, but there are like fail sections where it's people getting injured. Yes. And there's just one video in particular where this kid like jumps off of the dock and like breaks his ankle under the water. And I am like, I'm like that. I wish I'd never seen because I can't unsee it. And I never know when I'm about to see something I can't unsee on these shows. It's, and it's me, like, it's I'm like, me twitch just I'm thinking like, about it. Oh, I'm thinking about it right now. I'm like, no, 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 no. Why am I? Oh, I hate. I'm like, and it's, it's such a bummer because if, if you could guarantee me that there was no bone breaking on, on those shows, they're very fun shows because they're very funny, but I can't, I'm like, mm, well, nope. I, I have to tell you though. Yeah. Cause that, that was like the perspective gained all in like the blink of an eye was like, Oh, when those people fall, they get hurt. And mm-hmm. now I'm here and I'm in this situation. So like I run over and like Mike's right eye is already swollen shut. Like you just can't see his eye. It's like, like completely. His helmet is like broken. He's got like bits of his helmet, like had like literally like, you know, 
cut his face and stuff. So it's like all sorts of craziness going on. And like his left cheek had, uh, I forget what it's called, but like, it's like an air pocket, like popped into it. But when I walked up, I was like, he broke his face. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what to do here. And like, we're like at the bottom of a hill out in the middle of nowhere. And there's no way to get a vehicle to him. So I'm like, I'm like literally like sitting there thinking like, I'm going to have to drive my car through a fence to come get him like right like that's how, like yeah that's where i'm at right now like i'm just gonna have to like floor it and drive it through a fence and that is i'm just gonna have to deal with the consequences of the fence being broken i'm gonna have to replace that i'm gonna have to fix my truck afterwards like and, and like these are like my, my wheels are spinning right. like these are this is my reality at this point in time yeah. I'm like this is what i'm gonna have to do to fix this situation and so i'm just like i am just freaking out so uh like we you know we're going through this whole scramble to like try to like you know get all of the bikes back up you know up to the hill to our our vehicles so that we can then like help mike back up and he he actually does like he gets up and the guy's like smiling he's Mm. like you know he just he like just had probably the most epic crash any of us have had in our entire cycling careers and he's just like giddy that's uh um, that's what you call some un- endorphins yeah endorphins sheer adrenaline jump yeah. uh, dump so anyway we we finally you know like we get him back to the car <laughs> and same thing it was just sort of like now i'm an hour away from a, ho- from a hospital right like, in the car let's so i <laughs> just like just just fl- you know floored it as much as i was possibly able to to get him back to safety but th- the thing was and th- this is what was so crazy about it, is that, like his morale has not dipped since it happened like Every single time I've talked to him about it, he's just like as cheery as can be. He's like, I'm just glad I'm okay. Like it could have been a lot worse. But meanwhile, like I drop him off at the ER with his fiance and like, you know. Yeah, that's the other thing. Mike's getting married later this year. So big face injury, not great for weddings. Not great. Yeah, his fiance was not pleased with me, <laughs> who happened to also be my already sister-in-law. <laughs> so it's a, it's, it's a double whammy in that regard. But so here's the thing, because this was like the emotional reaction that I had because like you see these viral videos and infrequently they are quite funny and they're being presented in a way that is funny but this was like my perspective shift was like i gone through this and all of a sudden like you know it's someone you love who is like badly hurt yeah and you're just so scared for it and so like you know i get him there i get him to the er we drop him off like he goes into the door and he for all intents and purposes like he ultimately is is like okay and he's like handling it and he's like rolling with the pain i get to the car and just burst into tears Uh-oh. like you know just like <laughs> like uh, I, I barely held it together long enough to get him to the hospital mm. as soon as my responsibility was over it was like I, I have absolutely nothing else emotion to provide. dump yes yeah so and you you could ask alice about it but the rest of the evening i was just a complete complete mess that sounds completely reasonable yeah yeah but he's okay now so. yeah anyway mike i'm glad you're fine <laughs> yeah so um the corny joke hey yeah let's end on a light let's, note. How let's about do that? it okay so i thought this corny joke was actually really hilarious and i read it like seven times and i was like <laughs> i'm pretty into it i'm pretty into it <laughs> okay because it's either it's either hilarious or not funny um it comes from jacob mcdill who says why do you never see elephants hiding in trees I don't know, Ben. Why don't you ever see elephants hiding in trees? Because they're so good at it. <laughs> it's like, I can't even yeah. decide if it's funny. It's like, because, because it's like, of course they're, yeah, they're hiding like, Why in don't trees. you see them hiding? Because they're hiding. Because they're hiding. Because they're good at it. Because they're good like, at it. How could elephants hide in trees? And it's like, that's the mystery. Oh my gosh. Okay, so Luke recently learned how to play hide and seek. And so like, um, you know, we're like, 
in in Bethany's closet, you know, he's like tiny enough where he can like lay in the space between the floor and like where the shirts hang down from the hangers. Okay. So, um, you know, uh, you know, I'll go like stand in our room and he'll be like, I'm gonna count the days. I'm gonna go ahead. Okay. And he would go, and it was amazing watching him learn hide and seek, right? Because the first like seven games in a row, he went and hid in the exact same spot. It's like, <laughs> the game is, I go lay down here. And I was like, you know, like the goal is to, you can hide, you can hide in other places. And he's like, okay. And it's like, how, like, it was so interesting. Cause like, I didn't explain to him hiding in particular. It was just that like, like that the point is to not be seen. Okay. You know, but like he certainly picked up on it very quick. Did he? Yeah. And you would, you know, there's not that our closet's not that big. Right. So, right, right. so there's not that many places he could hide or anything, but he certainly managed to find like three or four little nooks or crannies where he could completely be hidden more or less. And it was like, of course, you know, I was like, I know you could only get to like three or four places. But, sure, yeah. But <laughs> not terribly big space. But it was very interesting to like watch him like like learn, figure out like this is what hiding is. This is the ways I could do it. Here's how I can get into the spot. Here we go. It was like this is this is very interesting to watch. He it's like it's so cool when you can see like little breakthroughs happening. Like the other day, I came into his room and like in the morning to get him up, and I was like, it was like 645 or something, so it wasn't super light out yet. But I noticed what looked like the light was on his room. I was like, oh man, did I forget to turn the light off last night? Like that's obviously why he's awake now, because he woke up and the light was on. And that woke him up. Ugh, way to go. But I'm like, I don't think I forgot. I don't think I forgot. So I go in there and I'm like, did you turn the light on? Because I'm like, he can't reach the light switch. Sure, <laughs> sure. I'm like, how'd the light get on? And he's like, oh, I used the potty. So what he had done was pushed his potty over, stood on top of the potty, and then he could reach. Amazing. And then he could reach it. I was like, hmm. It's very, it's very smart. It's very You're clever. figuring things out. So it's not. I mean, it's. Not, I mean, I'm sure lots of kids realize that they could like push things over and use them to get to higher places. Sure, sure. But, but what it reminds me of is I don't know if you remember these or not, but we had these like plastic toy boxes. Yeah. And they were terrible for standing upon. Oh yeah, flimsy was, lids. Flimsy lids in like slippery plastic. Yeah. And I remember I used to use this. It was like it was like the end all be all. Like you could use it to reach anything, and it was like. Just it was never good. It yeah. never held. Mm-hmm. Also, on the note of of hiding go seek, I was having flashbacks to when I was a kid and played hiding go seek, where basically it was my sole objective inside of every single game to hide inside of the laundry basket. Oh, interesting. And I was like, I was like, all I was like, if I could just get into the laundry basket, no one would they, ever. They will never find me. They will never find me. It's like it is the best hiding spot imaginable. Hide and seek, I think, brings out a level of creativity in kids that people do not credit enough. Yeah. Like when we were, I'll go back to what 4-H camp here for a second. Do it. Most of your day is taken up by whatever like little like activities or classes you signed up for. Yeah, they're your majors. Yeah. Basically your 4-H majors. Yeah. 4-H you know, major. it's like I got archery in the morning and then I got fishing and horseback riding and swimming. You right. know, like this is my day. All right. right. <laughs> I majored in archery. I majored in archery, whatever. Um, so there's like like one hour a day where like you have like leisure time or something. Sure. By which mostly you need to just like hang out in your room. But we had these little like, I guess sort of dorm dorm rooms bigger than my actual college dorm. There was like four people in it. Okay. Right. So you got two beds on one wall, two beds on the other wall, bathroom, suite area. That's about it. That's okay. the that's the whole room. Sure. If you will. Uh, but like, so there's four of us staying in there 
And we probably played, I don't know, 15 rounds of hide and seek. Like in that room? In that room. Like one person goes out, you know, stands outside the door, counts to, you know, 50 or whatever, comes back in. And it would like blow my, even as a kid, I was like, I cannot believe how many different ways everyone is finding to not be found. Yeah. Like, like unbelievably. That is true. You wouldn't think there's just not that many spots. Did anybody hide in their suitcase? I, I'm sure someone tried. People would like. That's a mobile laundry basket. Yeah, yeah, concerned. exactly. Yeah. Right. People would get like they would use like height. They would be like, you know, Spider-Man up in like the corners of the ceiling in the shower. I have to tell you, I though, mean, that, that is like my least favorite trope in all in all TV and cinema ever is when like somebody is about to get caught and then they're hiding in the floorboards yeah. or whatever, like doing that, like. I'm frozen up here. Yeah. Go quickly. And then like, you know, like they've always got like a piece of like sweat or blood yeah. or something that's like about to drip off of them. And then like you like watch the slow motion like thing <laughs> hit the ground and then like the person like turns around and they're like, oh, they're going to get caught. And it's like, no, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. Right. Because nobody ever looks up. Why would anybody look up? Yeah. Why would there be anyone up there? You look at the ceiling. I look at the ceiling constantly, specifically because of this. You think of this? Quoth, Quoth says in Name of the Wind, you'd be surprised how often people just don't look up hmm. when he's like running along the rooftops. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm going to look up more. Okay. Just in case. Because if you caught, if you caught both himself running across the rooftops, I have to go and say hello. Yeah. Big, big fan. Big fan. Big fan, dude. Big fan of your work. Can you sign my cloak? All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of The Pop. There are so many different ways that you could reach out and communicate with us if you would be willing to or excited to. If you could leave a review just anywhere that this podcast exists. Otherwise, you can email us at popcornculturepod at gmail.com. We're also over on Reddit and on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash popcornculture. Uh, it helps us decide who is going to be the one true host week in, week out. Yes, all you have to do if you want to help determine who is the one true host is sign up for either team buzzy b or jazzy j whichever tier has more people determines who is the one true host exactly and we have we have two different tiers so we have our our five dollar tier uh where you can vote at that level and then our 25 dollar tier which is a, a an exclusive piece of popcorn culture merch yes which which currently we are i i am like expecting any day i actually even thought today i was like today's the day we're gonna get it's got to be coming in the, it's got to be coming the q2 in. The, exclusive merch the q2 exclusive merch has been underway for weeks now we've been so excited about it we've been hyping it the prototype should be coming soon hopefully i i'm hoping by next week i don't want to make any promises but that's my goal that's my goal so otherwise guys be on the lookout for that and until next time pop pop When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.